Hi, Internet. Welcome back to, I'm still, what's the name of this? Curse of Innistrad. That's it. This week on a very special Curse of Innistrad. Nick, Nick learns to love to again. Stop. <laughs> Nick, we miss you. We love you. We only want the best. I like that we both knew that Nick was the after school special <laughs> sort of very different directions with it. Listen, I can start hitting things whenever I want. Okay. <laughs> it's not that you can start. We want you to stop hitting things, Nick. Also, your reading comprehension is horrible. <laughs> Roll better. Illyria has grown to get a strange addiction to blood ever since. But real talk, the internet. Uh, this here is a session that we're kind of calling off for the night in normal role-playing terms. Uh, Kevin's currently out at the moment, which would leave us without a player. And in a more narrative-focused game, I mean, don't get me wrong, this has a lot of narrative to it, but mechanically, it'd be better if the entire party was here, plus I'd just like the story to progress at that sort of rate. So instead, since we have pretty much everyone else here, I think actually everyone else here, uh, I wanted to do some side content, just kind of understand both for my sake and for yours where the players were coming from when they're making their characters and really choosing who and why to be. Um... I guess to kind of prelude it all, uh, before, there'll be a separate one of these, I believe, at some point or another, going into circumstances about Innistrad, potential bits of the setting, things that were really appealing, but I should at least voice, since I'm a piece of this as well, why I wanted to have Innistrad be the setting for this. And it's really as simple as, Innistrad is a really well-put-together piece of lore that was only dictated through several small stories and five Magic the Gathering sets over two blocks. You don't need to know the Magic the Gathering terms, but it was a good setting with a lot of potential and some good ideas in it. And I was honestly a little bit disappointed where it ended up going in the long run, and I wanted to do something with that. Around the same time, I was hearing a lot of 5th edition D&D, listening to podcasts, uh, looking through books, and at the time I was looking through those, I learned that they were releasing a setting book for Innistrad in 5th edition D&D. And I thought this was a fantastic idea. I later looked through it, and it was okay. It's got some ideas in it and some translation, but mechanically it's kind of basic. But that was enough for me to get really interested in this idea. So I gathered what people together I knew might want to do it, and using the recommendation in the back of the book to use one of the pre-existing Dungeons and Dragons settings since my experience with the system is low at best. Uh, I decided to put this together and here we are now. But so while not necessarily as complex, everyone else went through certain steps in deciding who they wanted to play. So in order based on my screen, uh, James. So I... firstly, uh, quick summary, who is Conrad? Let's not go into everything, just sure. superficially. Uh, Conrad is a middle-aged inquisitor in training that's been working with the church of avison for some time and mechanically he is a paladin so before absolutely anything else uh what is it that made you want to play a paladin particularly the path you went down of which i believe is the path of the avenger or something like that pact of the avengers well this this is not the most inspiring of answers but uh I picked Paladin because, well, I, I just happened to be in the chat you guys were talking in before I'd even joined up, and then I just sort of rolled a set of dice for the characteristics, and I was like, this would be good for a Paladin. So I statted up a Paladin and joined the game. And what about the Avenger path? The Avenger path I took because uh, some of the other people were up to some pretty unholy bullshit, 
So I wanted to play a path that was a little bit more forgiving in its methods. The Oath of Devotion possibly has more powerful abilities, especially within the setting, but the Avenger has a lot more leeway in how it does things. All right, so once you got that down, what made you want to really flesh out Conrad in the direction he went? Um, honestly, it came up when um, it, it came up with when um, we did the trinkets. I don't think those have been revealed yet, really. Well, but, mine uh, has. Uh, n- oh, yeah, they've yeah. been coming up kind of s- slowly, not that frequently. But uh, go ahead and voice it. It's not like that needs to remain a secret unless you want it yeah. to be. My trinkets was well. I, I insisted that we use the trinket chart from the uh, the main book. Because Which is Rav- what made me offer it as choice, but I think you're literally the only one that picked that choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, when, where, where I could have had, what was it, a water skin that fills up when it's in a... Wine skin, which is sizably better than a water skin. Yeah, a wine skin that fills up when it's in a tomb for a day. In turn, interred with a dead person, so it doesn't have to be that. Right. So um, instead, the one I got from the main list was a music box that plays a dimly remembered song, which immediately started getting me thinking about uh, Father Gascoigne from Bloodborne. And so I sort of wanted to play that. Um, A middle-aged hunter of beasts and the unclean who tries his best to do well, but is still struggling with loss. Uh, Which, Internet, if you know anything about Bloodborne and and Innistrad, they... While tonally one is a little bit darker than the other, they're pretty close in both setting and ideas. Yeah, and wardrobe. <laughs> wardrobe especially. <laughs> All Lighted. these wet hats on everybody. <laughs> How I hunt. <laughs> Big chop knife. <laughs> wet founding father hat. <laughs> so, um, and what about his backstory? Uh, you went with, originally it was going to be Soldier, right? Yeah, but once, um, really what ch- made me choose the, um, Innistrad-specific Inquisitor background was I liked the uh, special bonus a lot more. What was Soldiers? I don't actually remember offhand. Uh, Soldiers is just... um, You can can pull rank, isn't it? You can pull rank on people, and you always have a place to stay if there's like a a regiment in town. Right, and the Inquisitor one is you're essentially a police officer. Right. Well, not officer, like you're a detective. Yeah. And uh, since... Anything that you don't necessarily want to be a secret to uh, the listeners or, I guess, other players, but I think pretty much every other player has heard backstory so far. Uh, what made you choose the rest of the backstory from there? Hmm. Which you can voice how much of that as you want again. Also, that, anyone else can feel free to ask questions. Like, this is a discussion. I just have kind of pointed one so far. From that point, I kind of wanted to have him... Wanted him, wanted him to have... A sort of enmity with the Olvenwald, the really bad forest. So I basically made him almost from there. Because he hates <laughs> From me. Kessig, which is... <laughs> right. Pretty much everyone in Kessig is almost from the Olvenwald. And I kind of like the idea of him uh, traveling from his, uh, from his hometown with almost nothing left and becoming uh, an Inquisitor in Gavany. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing I'm interested in because we do have two Kessigers and kind of digging into that eventually there's a way to dig up some old memories from an old man we have some very differing opinions on the nature of that god-awful forest god-awful it was here first (laughs) and there's one of those we have kev or we have james's who thinks it's garbage and we have my guy who just kind of does his thing i live in it yep it sucks (laughs) (laughs) it's like everything else i live in it but you just gotta get good 
<laughs> oh wow, shots fired! I, I'm, I'm Man, sorry. I'm sorry. But let's talk about that last fight we had. Let's just talk about it. I mean, I'm sorry we we're in an Android novel. Can we never but... talk about that fight ever again? <laughs> listeners, listeners, depending on when this comes out, I just want you to know this was directly after the fight with the vam uh, first vampire spawn. <laughs> or vampire I, neonate, as I, it were. Max, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know what you're all talking about. That went really smooth for me. I got to heal some people. I got to heal some people out of unconsciousness. To, to be fair, Susan, we're going to Stincy. Did Grimpel even get hit that fight? Nope. <laughs> Grove did just fine, too. Well, yeah, but Grove well, was upstairs for like three him. rounds. He was just chilling on the stairs, waiting for somebody to come back up. Why would someone come back up? There's a vampire down there. <laughs> to keep everybody he, in he's not party. used to interacting with capable people. He would assume anyone who encounters a vampire would just die <laughs> or run away. One of the so two. that's why he didn't come down? <laughs> well, either they'll come back up screaming or they'll be dead, and I don't want to go near a blood-gorged vampire. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of hungry. Always, even. <laughs> so is there anything else you would want people to know about uh, Conrad as a character? Oh, also, uh, so you picked uh, Axe as your weapon for one. Yeah. Just because of the theming from Kessig, or any particular other reason than that? Well, it started out as a mechanical thing. It was the weapon I figured I would enjoy using the most, but then I sort of came up with the backstory of it being a Kessiger's woodcutter's axe, and it made it a little, a little bit more thematically satisfying. And... Even though uh, I'm certain everyone is pretty just interested to see where their character will go, did you have any kind of idea of where you expect or expected Conrad to go? Um, honestly, I'm just trying to make him become a better person. I, I feel like uh, one of the big things I'm trying to do is have him be a, a somewhat mature character, you know, very uh, knowledgeable about the world. Someone reasonable. who's already had the time being rash? Yeah. So I'm hoping wet that... blanket is the term you're looking for there, old-timer. Yes, well, I have some names for you, too. Inaccurate would be one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping to explore that a little bit more, see if uh, see how he deals with things that are beyond his ability to experience calmly. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, any thoughts of things you'd like to see happen to him or, like, directions for him to go? or? Um, I think his... Uh plot at the moment is pretty straightforward, but I'm sure it's going to evolve more as uh, as things go on. I don't really have any big twists I'm expecting on it as of yet. Yeah, alright. Uh, so, that's it for now. Uh, let's move on. Axe, tell me about Nick. Who is he? Give me a summary of him. Oh, oh can, we, can we real quick go over what our pogs are in the Roll20 thing? Oh, the essence yes! Of the should, each person should mention their pog when they get... <laughs> My, so James, my, what is Conrad's pog? A, a concept drawing of, fa of uh, Father Gascoigne from Bloodborne. It went all in. <laughs> I, I, I ask because of axes in particular. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So who's Nick? Nick Nick Argenti's pog is is a still frame of Bruce Campbell from the uh, short-lived television show Jack of All Trades. <laughs> would you recommend said television heard. show? I would... Uh, I had never no. fucking heard of that, and I like Bruce Campbell. <laughs> you, you have to understand. I <sighs> love that dude. Anyway, <laughs> much like much like Nick, it was a swing and a miss. Ooh. <gasps> Unfriended. <I love>. Um, <laughs> Sorry. 
I'll be back in a few minutes. Just have to go grab my crying handkerchief. Just look at where Travis lives. It's very important, you see. Wait, you don't have yours on you at all time, amateur? No, no. We, we, we decided not to play you know, Dungeons & Dragons tonight, so I put it away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like at this base, um, I... Like if I've got a type in terms of of you know characters I play, it it tends to be fairly sarcastic, uh, you know, quick witted, uh, not necessarily social. I wouldn't call Declan particularly social, for example, but like, uh, you know, kind of just a smartass, I guess. He's a talker. I'm not sure if it's a compliment or not, but you do it well. <laughs> well, you, you see, it's really easy actually when you get right down to it, because uh, unlike real life, there aren't consequences to being smart asses to people when you're playing pretend games. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest this course of action, say, next time you go to the bank, for example. I know, man. What if you get a quest there? The ATM begins to glow, <laughs> and then you know. No, I need no, to deliver these bags of nickels to the next town over. What? It wants me to put a cat into the ATM? No, no, <laughs> fucking course. I know my account number by heart, you fucking idiot. Um, um, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, so... The rest of just him, basically, though. Like, uh, I know people have listened to the thing so far, but just what is the idea of Nick beyond just being a smartass? Uh, yeah, he is a former midnight duelist. Uh, he is in his, well, we call it middle age. For Innistrad, he's probably getting a little lock in the tooth. He's about, you know, 35. Um, oh, yeah, when I said middle age, I meant like 52. <laughs> but So ancient for Innistrad. <laughs> yeah, an old man. Um... And yeah, I guess the basic idea is like he, he used to be like an upright, gung ho, uh, if sort of adrenaline junkie kind of guy, and through actually through a connection with one of the characters that kind of gave him the the dark little stripe that every Innistrad character needs. Uh, and that after his his brother, uh, you know, he kind of left and just became a like a sellsword basically. Would you believe it that back in the day he used to be level seven? <laughs> yeah, the fact that vampires kind of start off pretty swole kind of makes his backstory make no sense. No, I, I kind of had a mitigating ideas for that. Um, I do understand that, yeah, it makes it seem a little weird at first. Uh, in setting, it hasn't yet come up yet, but uh, if people commented about that, uh, the more bloodline is a bit spicy at the moment. Oh, I was just assuming that uh, my guy used to be like level 10, but he got old. I mean, that also yeah, might be was, true. That's probably partially true also, but the Mora bloodline is also a bit spicier than others. He used to be like yeah. a level 10 fighter, now he's a level 3 paladin. Well, I didn't so much dual classes, just give up. <laughs> um, so, for Nick, what made you choose Rogue to go with? Um, well, I was like, Monk is probably the thing I wanted to actually try out most but I was playing a bare-fisted fighter in another game at the time, so I you know, wanted a little variety. Um, in terms of Rogue, I've always enjoyed the sneak attack mechanics. I, I have a couple of issues with how things kind of shake out in 5th, but you know they're not huge. Um, and especially uh, seeing the Swashbuckler Prestige class uh, starts out pretty strong and seemed like an interesting idea. Uh, okay, so uh, what made you want to be from Nefalia also? Uh, mainly, I, I guess, if nothing else, I wanted Nick to be 
the uh, not necessarily the comic relief, then at least the one most likely to to use Gallo's humor. Like I wanted him to not necessarily be a bright spot, but at least be a funny spot. Uh, and having him be from the big city, or as you know, as close as because uh, Gavin is also like a, like an actual you know large concentration. Thraben is the is the biggest city, followed by um, uh, Havengal. Yeah, but Nefalia has a very. Um, they're more New York compared to the Vatican. Yeah. Then, like, I, I don't know, like, maybe it's I haven't looked at the cards enough, but Gavity doesn't seem to be sort of characterized as much as Nefalia. Like, Nefalia is a fucking denfilous scumbag. Oh, yeah, great. no, it, they are both characterized, but Gavity's is generally like, this is the center for the faithful and the farmers. Unless you live up by the near heath and you're near haunted territory nonstop. But also, so is uh, Nefalia. Nefalia can't stop being haunted. Yeah, so I figured, you know, being city boy when most of the people were country would uh would provide some extra you know fun stuff to bust their asses about basically okay so uh what made you start settling down on the backstory for him um the minute duelist came pretty much immediately um but then i needed like a reason for him to not be in the church anymore because I didn't that's not something I really wanted to deal with uh, before you go further I just want to mention internet since we haven't gotten to uh, a hard plot like discussion yet a midnight duelist is basically someone uh, normally based out of Nefalia that is a Cathar the soldiers of the church and they're plain clothes they don't show up that they're necessarily a sol- uh, an officer or any sense for the explicit purpose of they stop duels in like someone who gets challenged to a duel and duel in the place of the person like a normal civilian normally against vampires in particular because vampires will use this to get an easy meal um, nom, nom. so the idea is basically they will be a proxy for a normal civilian who gets challenged by, uh, to a duel by a vampire which is pretty sick yeah and so like, like the way i was sort of imagining him didn't seem very very priestly and I explained part of the, that away by saying that, like, he was kind of in it for the thrills more than for Avison. Um, but then Kevin's character, you know, Kevin mentioned, uh, well, you know, I've got this um, money story. Uh, yeah, having his character's wife lead this big failed raid. And I said, oh, well, you know, one of, the, one of these, um, what are they, ideals, flaws, uh, bonds, maybe? There's yeah, there's a couple of those noted down. I forget what they specifically named. But, but one, of, one of mine could have been a loved one that was murdered by somebody. I'm gonna get revenge, basically. And I figured that you know a family member had been killed in this failed raid, and so that's when Giacomo or Jack, as Nick calls him, uh, started you know sort of percolating in my mind. And so that's kind of why he's sort of a bitter, sour kind of dude. Uh, because he's still kind of working through not having his bro around anymore. So, where are you picturing him going at the moment, or anything you would like to have happen to him or the like? Um, I see him going in one of two directions. Either he gets more kind of mercenary and flippant, and uh, yeah, either it's more mercenary and flippant, or like sort of the uh, the bastard exterior he got. He, he's kind of covered his old persona with kind of gets stripped back away and he starts becoming more and more like the duelist he used to be. It really depends for him right now. I could see it going either way. Do you have any idea what might trigger one of those? Uh, not the top of my head. No, that's uh, maybe, they, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so just anything you would want other people to know about Nick, potentially as him as a character, or like something subtle about him that you don't think everyone will notice? Uh, for any, like, hardcore mechanics people, I know he should be wielding two repairs, but wielding two, two repairs at the same time is dumb looking. <laughs> I'll take, you know, a dice reduction to have just a normal short sword and have it make a whole lot more sense. Look, Dark Souls you can, says you can parry when you do that, so I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> but no, that's perfectly fair. Um, so let's see. Uh, Josh. Uh, remember, you're allowed to avoid as much as you want for secrecy purposes, uh, but uh, tell us about Grimhild. Who is she? Summary. She is a mystery wrapped in enigma, wrapped in grimdark. How perplexing. With a cherry chocolate Um, yeah. Basically, uh, born and bred in Stensia, got horribly murdered by vampires, like they tend to in Stensia. Uh, she became a vampire hunter. She was around for a certain event that Raise bump into, which is at this point it's been mentioned in the game. So the uh, Mauer the raid on Mauer Estate Mauer. It's probably Mauer, and feel free to say that. I will just say more because I am an awful human being. I will. I will always say Mauer. No, feel free yes. to like prove the fact that I'm wrong, please. I'm like <laughs> I'm actually happy someone's doing it, but I will not fix myself because I'm horrible. It's fine. Anyway, but yeah, the raid on Mauer Estate. Uh, she was there doing her own thing. And subsequently got murdered by vampires. So, uh, yeah, no, she's real grim. It's right in her name. Uh, you kind of get that way if you're in Stensia. <laughs> you're not wrong. So, uh, what made you want to pick a fighter? Ooh. I mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played one fifth edition yet. Um, I wanted to fill a role that we didn't have filled yet because I like. I like mechanical stuff, I mean, not as much, but close to as much as I like narrative stuff. Uh, plus, it seemed the thing that was most like a haunter from Blood. So, is that? So, uh, and why'd you pick the uh, path you went down? What is it? The um, what is the term for that? Battlemaster? Yeah, battlemaster. Because the maneuvers are cool. They give some extra damage. They uh, they let you do some neat stuff. And I figured that kind of fit with the the theme of versatility I was going with in her fighting style. Oh yeah. Also, why don't you voice your custom fighting style here, since I'm not sure. If oh it's on yeah. Elsewhere. Uh, basically, I asked if I could do a versatility theme fighting style instead of one, which is basically get rid of the shield bonus. Basically, take all the ones that have like a plus two to something, and then just cut the bonus in half and have it apply when it would apply normally. And internet, if you think this is broken, fuck you. No, it's not. Like, if someone has a good bo- one um, bonus to one thing, they will always use it. <laughs> them are worded so they're mostly mutually exclusive anyway. That, yeah, that's the really big thing, is they're all mutually exclusive, so they're not going to come up together. That was oddly exactly. aggressive to that hypothetical internet person, though. Look, okay, I know some people get Take salty that. about mechanics, and I apologize if you weren't thinking that, internet. I like the rest of you. That one person, chill out. Take that people hypothetical internet, man. People who play Dungeons & Dragons are minded players, and that's fine. It's that a different kind of fun. But at the same time, most of the stuff out for D&D 5 Edition right now is literally, they've just been publishing it now themselves, so they can make money from it. Um, so weird little fan thing. But that means like I can't even do the shield bonus thing and give people disadvantage on using the shield. Uh, if I'm using a great weapon, I only re-roll ones instead of ones and twos. 
if I'm only using a single-handed weapon plus one to hit with ranged weapons, which is the only one that stacks, and I can use half my strength bonus melee weapon, which I guess technically doesn't really stack either. Yep. Oh, I guess yes. Yeah, it's specifically melee weapon. Yeah, and so it I'd probably be better off. I'd be better off using the ranged weapon in my main hand. Honestly, that's than true. In the offhand. That's actually true. Ah, and you can do that. Oh, I'm going to. Begins. Hey, man, listen, I'm picking a very the most not optimal thing. build. was very not optimal. I'd be better off just using a great weapon or You're, something. I'm well, just but, giving you shit like I give everybody yeah, shit. It's, it's funny. It's like when I first saw the duelist and it said, like, you get sneak attack when you're on one-on-one with somebody. I thought that replaced the original sneak attack. So I thought I was mechanically incentivized to, like, you know, point at people and go, you know, no, you're mine, and engage them while the group engaged somebody else. And it turns out that... I don't need to do that. I mean, so, it's still so. worthwhile for damage division, but yeah, no, you don't need to, because otherwise that would make you a lot worse than a regular rogue. Although I guess one of the big differences is that instead of being a super nimble fighter, I'm more of a little slap of murder meat. Um, and so uh, you went a decent amount of these to try and be a little bit more hunter-like, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, once you have that down for things that aren't spoilers... Uh, what made you want to start going to uh, Grimhild's background direction? You went with Haunted, right, for the one? I went with Haunted because I saw it, and I was like, this is the best. <laughs> uh, and it got me an extra trinket, so now I have a noose that kind of weighs more than it should for some reason, and also a weird birdcage that birds fly in of their own volition, but never leave or eat while inside. Dead bird in the cage, and I just kind of dealt with that. <laughs> it lived there for a while, starving. Yeah, which is why you kill them early. There's enough meat on them the last little while. I mean, to be fair, that's actually a trick to get good food. Well, better than usual food. I mean, they're, they're small birds, so it's food. Yeah, exactly. But, like, <laughs> better than usual. And by usual, I mean, like, a festering boar. I use that trick and don't starve together. That that boar was apparent. You said it was pretty good. That was, that was an okay boar. That is not the usual. But also, ah. it's a very big boar, so most hunters don't just grab that. Okay, well, that's I also can the reason why. anything. I believe that's the reason Kevin also didn't get a uh, a bird familiar was because we were afraid Josh would end up killing it. <laughs> <laughs> On that discussion, though. <laughs> no, come out of there. Emphatically, no. <laughs> Why not? No. This cage was made for me. <laughs> it just says small birds. It doesn't say anything about how like sentient they are. It's just like, well, here I am in my home. Guys, good news. I caught the bluebird of happiness. Bad news, it's going to die in like a week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so from there, what made you want to uh, make some of the choices you made with Grimhild? As, avoiding spoilers as much as I possible ran- if you can. I randomly rolled like my bond and stuff like that, and they all turned up perfect in the sense that they just were incredibly over-the-top grim. I'm a monster that hunts other monsters. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh <laughs> enjoyed that and so i thought i'd just roll i just lean into it yeah okay and uh yeah there is a lot more there but i guess we can address it at a later point because you have a lot of stuff under the hood um so uh anything that you any direction you're particularly at the moment at least seeing grimhild going or would like to see her go i well right now she's slowly growing she's getting to know her companions and over the course of time, that's making it so that she kind of hates them more than his dog. Especially the dog. Yeah! <laughs> Me, Grove, and you. 
Travis wouldn't cheer for just Grove and the dog. He had to cheer for especially the dog. Yep. You mean you? The dog's the best character. Uh. <laughs> yes, you had to cheer for you. Yeah, because I guess she probably like she, that Nick would be useful, and then and then Axe had to roll dice. <laughs> And I feel really bad saying that, because... Well, like, that's what you've seen of him so far, so that's fair. Yeah, I mean, she probably good back when she first met him and used him as a distraction. I'm not gonna lie, it's nice to not roll the worst anymore for a change. Uh, oh, and she thinks she might have to kill the wizard, uh, because he's super evil. I mean, she'll... The whole party's got that. complicated feelings about Faustus, I think. <laughs> the, other, the other guy's a god-botherer, and... One's just this weird, happy-go-lucky forest person, and that just doesn't jive at all with how she <laughs> rolls. Because it's like, how can you? Are you blind and deaf? <laughs> I have no idea how I'm gonna successfully integrate my character plans with the party dynamic. I'm really excited to see how it works out. Partly just because I'm expecting Conrad to have this weird kind of like acceptance until you go too far. Let me see. I guess the. I'm going to have to justify it being worth it is the main thing, I think. I really am excited to see when it gets to that point. Um, so uh, as one other part of that question, Josh, that I uh, left out, is there anything you would like to, uh, sort of thing you'd like to see her go through at least, not necessarily that she is already going through or aimed at, like any sort of situation, like non-specific, but. I'm cool to see where stuff goes. Like I, that just happens organically. And that's completely fair. Yeah. So, okay. I, honestly, I see this character just having an incredibly sad ending, and I'd be cool if there was something that wasn't that, but it just, yeah, no, she's, even if she achieves the goal that she currently has, that's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and so, uh, in closing, is there anything you want people to know about her, maybe something subtle that isn't particularly obvious on the outside? Um, Does she have eyes that aren't obvious on the outside? She does. Uh, not many at the moment, but probably more later. Her pug is Lady Maria of the Astral. <laughs> Was he nothing in particular? AKA Waifu. Also my waifu. Can't have her, she's is mine. One? Can't have her, she's mine, Josh. <laughs> hey, yeah, like either one of us is man enough. I have yet to see her, but I'm excited. Um, but so, uh, yeah, with that in mind, um, let's move on to the next person. Kevin, you've arrived. Yes, I have arrived. Uh, as now that you're here, would you mind uh, first introducing Faustus? Who is he in summary? Uh, Faustus Pent is a uh, former former mechanist from Nephalia who fell in love with an Inquisitor, lost that Inquisitor, and has made some really bad choices since then. <laughs> I'll notice um, a recurring theme against most of our characters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's see, uh, to get the obvious first question out of the way, what made you want to play a wizard? Uh, I just, I mean, a lot of it was wanting to, to try mechanics, and also, nobody had, uh, talked about, like, the ghoul-calling aspect of Innistrad yet, which, uh, I guess, depending on what, at what point this gets posted, that may be something of a spoiler. Uh, this should, I will encourage this to be after so what's already here so far. It doesn't necessarily have to be directly after those first three, but... yeah. It's definitely after at least those first three. Because, I mean, as much as we all know it, I don't know if it's actually been discussed in the game yet. It's been pretty indicated. Uh. Relatively. Um, but, uh, yeah, I decided to try a wizard, and I wanted to 
mess with the ghoul calling aspect. And I guess uh, the first thing I set out with was thinking, what's the most Victorian horror plotline there is? And generally speaking, lost loves are uh, maybe, you know, at least one of the most common horror plots. So uh, continuing on that thread, where did you, uh, beyond the lost love, obviously, where did you get the inspiration and why did you pick certain options for his background? Uh, Well, part of it was I wanted him to be an outsider, I also wanted to explain why he is basically a low-level wizard. And also, Nephalia seemed to be the most civilized province, where the most likely that someone who is not involved in dark magic would, but who was talented in magic would be. Oh, that is 100% correct, but it's also where the most dark magic is at the same time. It's just kind of where the most magic is. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Good and bad, that's where magic is. And so, what made you choose the Inquisitor side of things for... uh... A lot of it was the was number one. How how do I create? How do I fit in with a party that's going to have several church characters in it? And also, how do I motivate my character in such a way that they are relatively positive to the church while being a the most blasphemous? <laughs> yeah, I remember that was one of the first conversations when you mentioned wanting to do ghoul calling. It's like, all right, right. So now we need to make sure the party doesn't want to instantly kill you. <laughs> We need to basically make sure we don't actually have a cleric. <laughs> Which is funny, because this is usually the the conversation that happens when I make a character. <laughs> yeah, and also I want to have a, a character... On the other hand, I also need to explain why my character is helping the other way. Like, what, why does he have relatively positive impressions of the church that wants to, uh, you know, string him up? And basically, it's because uh, he loves someone who was in the church and was a high-ranking member of the church. So hopefully that will, uh, like I kind of mentioned before, it's going to be a fine line to uh, walk. It's also a really interesting burn. I'm not sure if it's fast or slow, but it's something. What do you mean? Just how the plot's kind of bubbling under the surface with him. Yeah. What things will come up in context, and then when he actually, more undead shenanigans actually start happening, because that's pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, hypothetically, fifth level, I can start... I may wait because at sixth level you learn it for free and also get an upgrade to it. So that is true. We'll see. Uh, I may not do it immediately, but uh, yeah, but it's at least plausible next level. <laughs> and sooner than that, you could potentially uh, scroll it or the like. You potentially do what? Use a scroll for it. Oh yeah. Although considering we haven't, well, we haven't found magic items, nor have we even like found money yet. <laughs> You've no, Nick's currently money. holding on to uh, 120 gold for the, or 120 or 113 now after buying those pastries. <laughs> right. Those pastries are the best. <laughs> I can't believe no one else in the party ate one. I don't know. That may change. We'll yes. see. The crazy woods people know not to eat things from old individuals. Yeah, strange old ladies are not the places. To people get your older pastry. than Conrad should not be trusted. Conrad people probably older than be Conrad should be dead. Don't trust anyone over thirty. Nick, I'm sorry to tell you, we're kicking you out of the party. <laughs> Take that, Nick. Conrad just comes in wearing like a weekend at Bernie shirt. Hey, I'm the no, cool no, guy. no. Weekend at Bernie's is a wife beater. Come on, he's he's <laughs> he's with it. So I'm I'm trying to trying to bring it on slow, and I'm also trying to. You know, like, not be cartoonishly insane. I'm trying to be more... Oh, yeah, you know, no, it doesn't seem cartoonishly insane. It just seems very... Like, broken. rational, self-confident. Uh... Yeah, he seems, like, 
a person. He just seems like a person that is a little warped around the edges. So we'll see. I'm kind of I'm going to be trying to I guess exercise my voice a little and try to do some new things in terms of showing emotion and uh, in terms of uh, you know I guess more bring more emotion into my voice work at least. Okay. Uh, so. As it is now, where do you think the character is going to go, and is there anywhere you would like to see either happen to him, or you're curious of where he would go with that? Well, I mean, the way it, the way I see it, tragedy's coming. That's certain, but isn't that certain for everybody? Innistrad, hey! Assuming it doesn't come down to a, you know, personal death or something similar, you know, there's really only two paths I see. One where his, uh... His madness leads him to his doom, and one where he moves on, potentially. And a lot of that will depend on how things go up to that point. Is there any sort of moments or things that could happen that you'd like to see happen to him? Uh, the moments that, I, that could happen or that I would like to see happen, um, I don't want to publicly state yet. That is completely fair. Um... If you ever want to drive them to be more likely to happen, you can mention them. I won't necessarily use them, I'll say, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I think I've been, you know, I'm trying not to bog you down with too many details concerning... Oh, I love plot, details. But... I drink them up. Well, I mean, I've given you, I think, a, a handful already to work with. Oh, and... you've, got, you've given me some, and I can definitely work with those, but if you ever want to give me more, I love, I love getting ideas. I love them. Yeah, I mean, your doll's the worst. Doll's the <laughs> best. Oh, the doll. You leave him alone. He is a precious cinnamon roll that might oh, actually be Victor, possessed right? by the demon. Yeah, Victor. I, I leave him alone when he leaves me alone. <laughs> I haven't done that much of him yet, but I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't take the credit for that one. I guess I kind of wanted to see Victor as a comic relief side to Faust's personality, and but really, Max is the one who's playing him and playing him really well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, he'll be coming up more once you get to larger populated areas. Because I, I needed something care. of a foil for all the brooding, brooding, brooding. <laughs> um, as kind of finale, is there anything uh, you would like uh, listeners to this to eventually just kind of know about Faust? Something that might not be obvious or subtle that they might not immediately pick up? Uh, something about Faustus, I guess, is that he is not only... He's, he's mechanically throwing away his past, and he's also basically discarding his past to try to find his way into an idealized future. So as time goes on, he'll be using less and less of his previous skills and depending more and more on his new skills that he thinks will lead him to the goals he wants. Steps on a robot, casts a spell. <laughs> because right now, like, his... I described his clock as made of, or his staff as made of clockwork, and also Victor was a mechanical doll before he was imbued with a spirit that animated him. Uh, also, uh, we are piece by piece constructing a ghoul caller's bell. <laughs> and uh, oh, that, that's a neat, kind of a neat aspect that I discussed with Max that I suppose it doesn't hurt anything to discuss. Were you here. only wanting the one piece for it, or were you wanting to potentially get, have to collect more? I had planned to basically come up with a new thing I need to improve the bell every level, and then ideally... Oh, perfect. Yeah, we can get to that other one pretty soon. Yeah, ideally that would coincide with every time that I reach one of the wizard levels where I uh, advance to a new spell rank. Oh, fantastic. Because I was thinking, you know, maybe next... Yeah, I get that. I I like that idea a lot. That's really clever. Um, Yeah, I'll try and work with that as much as I can. 
Yeah, because so far we talked about the uh, Electrum Ore, which uh, I was actually planning an interaction with James's character about that, because hmm. James's character is a smith. Oh, yeah. We might have time for a little bit of game. I mean, it won't be a lot, but after this. But since we're already in the middle of this, I think we should keep going. <laughs> yeah. So there might be a little bit of interaction with that, but basically the the goal is I'm going to try to come up with increasingly esoteric and rare components that are necessary for him to continue working on the bell and improving it <clears throat> as his own skill and with using it improves and not right. ideally coinciding with each new level of uh, spells, which is every odd look. Le- odd level for wizards it's every uh yeah it's really interesting that you can tell what level your next level spell will be by uh it's always you can cast a rank of spell when you are two times that rank plus one so at level three you can cast level two spells and so on so forth does that hold at the low levels yeah Uh, it does it's actually pretty neat level over two plus one yeah makes sense um all right, so as long as we're moving in this fashion, uh, Susan. Okay. Hi. Sorry, one last thing. The, uh, oh, yeah. the Pog uh, right, is, yes. is Frankenstein from Once Upon a Time, who I've since been informed is a total tool and not in the good way, but yeah, that provided a good in a lot of ways, uh, but it had some ideas. I never watched Once Upon a Time. You know, I can't really, won't lie when I say I've mostly looked for Frankenstein portrayals and tried to find one that was uh, interesting visually. You could check out Penny Dreadful. Now, I mean, oh, he's so go good. To... Yeah, I kind of like it this way, though, because I would rather it not be a good character that I borrow that's, the visuals from. That's <laughs> completely fair. Transformative work and all that stuff. Like, it's not as perfect as, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I'm considering watching Fargo just so I can see Bruce Campbell playing Ronald Reagan. Wait, it, what? Yes. Oh, fuck, yes. I didn't see Fargo. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, like, it's only in, like, a couple episodes for a few minutes, but he apparently uh, portrays Ronald Reagan. Goddamn. Okay, but, yeah, so, Susan. Hi. Who's Illyria? Summarize her for me. Illyria is the happiest person in Innistrad. I don't think anyone here will debate that, except for maybe vampires. Well, yeah. Um, specifically, she's a 25, 26-year-old young woman who currently lives in the Olvenwald. She comes out regularly, but she kind of lives on her own, except for, like, hanging out with Grove when he comes into the woods. And please tell me, what is her opinion of the Olvenwald? She likes the Olvenwald. She feels the Olvenwald was there first, so whatever. Like, I'm sorry, there's Borstyclaw? Totally a nice guy. You just got to speak primordial. And the spider, like, hey, animal I'm still, I'm is- still debating about the Vorse claw and how convenient it is to talk to one in the first place. But the rest of it, I can understand from her point of view. Well, yeah, but like, she can talk to animals. She has an animal friend. She totally makes friends with the giant spiders. He <laughs> probably wants to be friends with the with the Howl packs, but she knows that like it's not going to work out, and it just makes her kind of sad. So, uh, what made you want to play a druid? So, okay, one of my greater annoyances with Innistrad is that there are no good witches. All witches are evil and demon-bound. To be fair, that's literally the definition of a witch is they made a deal with a demon and that's fucked well, up. Yeah. yes. But that's one of my favorite, like, aspects of, like, spooky storytelling is, like, the magic wielder that's not evil. Not good, 
very like chaotic neutral. And I was like, well, there's got to be like some good magic user in Innistrad. Like that's not the church. And reading through the Innistrad book, it talked about druids as force mages. And like, I talked to you about it a little bit and I was like, well, this seems like it's going to be fun. Plus, yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah. And yeah, you were like, I'm not like, sure if I can be a good witch. It's like, nah, man, voice mages, though. Yeah, because, like, I love. I Okay, so every time I've played D&D before, I've always either been rogue or fighter. And I was like, I'm going to do magic this time. That That's what this is what it's going to be. So that sort of led into the decision of me playing a druid. Plus, I kind of realized, like, hey, you know what? I get to live in the Olvenwald, and you can either be really depressed and upset about it, or you can be really happy about it. <laughs> I think she's one of the few people who is not considered by most people insane and happy about being there. Though. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, I mean, part of her backstory is that, like, at one point, a village did not like her. And that was about ten years ago. And that village has since forgotten who she was and thinks she's someone else. So they're okay with her now, but she's kind of, she's not antisocial. I didn't want to make the druid that, like, doesn't have social, she, which is why she can translate for Grove. She has social skills. She goes into town, she trades, she gets herbs for healers and helps out with stuff when she needs to help people through the woods. But let's be real. I saw something on Tumblr, it was like, really sappy in 2003 that was like the happiest people were the saddest inside and i was like yes and that's kind of her so uh and since you went with the olvenwald that's why you went with circle of the land forest right i i did um druids also have a circle of the moon which i thoroughly considered just because of the latest block of innistrad oh yeah like innistrad is all about the moon like all of exactly. it's about the moon exactly i was like ooh, circle the moon but Circle of the Moon, the way they do it is you essentially get your wild form quicker, and it doesn't really give you a whole lot of spells. Whereas if you take a circle of It makes of your wild land, form like crazy boss, but yeah, it's not as much yeah. about spellcasting. Yeah, it essentially means I could do everything a little bit faster in wild form. Yeah, it's combat, melee, druid. Yeah, and whereas I looked at the different circles of the different land types, and I was like, well... I think I'd rather get more kinds of spells. And for a few moments, I was like, I should be a druid of the Underdark, because this is Innistrad. But now I went forest. So, uh, and then what made you want to pick her backstory from there? You said you already wanted to go to the have the happy person in the Olvenwald. Yes. Uh, um, partially because James said I couldn't. Because, <laughs> no, he was like, you can't have a happy character in Innistrad. And I said, watch me. <laughs> Um, ah, the spite character. Yeah. Um. So okay, her backstory hasn't really came up yet, but essentially, it's up to you if you share it. Yeah. I don't mind sharing it. Uh, essentially, because it's really unclear how force mages are made or how they're picked. I don't think they necessarily are. See, that's the thing. I don't know how you become a force mage. I think I've it's packed with ghosts is pretty much what it is, okay. but it's not like you can talk to them per se. It's more that Jay just offer their power to you from everything I Yeah, because that's the thing, because force mages are the hardest thing to find freaking information on, because I've been Googling forever. But um, I've taken it to be like, she figured out the pact was right for her very early on, like six years old, probably. Spooky shit was going on, and she was, and some 
other force mage in town was like, yes, this is what it means, child, and cute, spooky little child. And, like, when she was probably 13, 15, the uh, town no longer appreciated her. Like, she had been helping with, like, the harvest and whatnot, but they had a bad year. So she was off in the woods doing a thing. haven't decided what specifically. But she came back to her parents being um, hung in the town square for having her. Ah, they birthed a witch. Yeah, exactly. Um, You gave birth to a witch, therefore we need to stop you from ever potentially having another kid. And when we find your kid, she's also dying. And she just ran off to the Olvenwald. And the Olvenwald was very nice to her and took care of her. That's part of why she loves it so much. So with how her character is and the events that have happened so far, um, is there any way you're really seeing her character going or would like to see things happen to or see it go? I think, because I'm really not quite sure where I want her to go yet. Because she's really just a fun character to play. But I think what she's kind of looking for is home. Because like she has home in the Olvenwald. But she also sees, like, all these happy people who live outside the Olven world. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. But, like, she sees people with families. And, like, okay, that, that's fair. Okay, she sees people with families who... No, no, I'm, I'm like, agreeing they with go that to, one, at least. Yeah, like, they go, they go to the bonfire, and, like, young people fall in love and have kids. And, yeah, shit's spooky as fuck. She lives in it. She knows. But it would be nice to have kind of someone that's not looking for you to help them like you. And so, I, I oh, so sorry. like when she met the, um, oh, what is her name? The one lady who was like, uh, Madam Ava. Yeah. When she met Madam Ava, she was kind of like, wait, you mean people don't always hate you for able being able to do spooky shit. Cause she's like, Oh, you're like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> well, I mean, this is where she's going with it. She's like, you mean you can be, like, someone who does all this stuff without being in the church and, like, not demonized? You need to, you need to find the right people. Because <laughs> a lot of people, the bitter hearts are very persecuted. This is true. But, like, but you get what she's getting at. She's like, wait, you mean things besides the Ovenwald could love me? <laughs> I get you. I mean, I mean, to be fair, the bitter hearts are literally like spawned from devils or some shit. Yes, they're they're literally people in the past who had to do super witchery. Basically, they essentially half bred with demons way back a thousand years ago, more. Uh, but no, I, I get your point. That's not to diminish your point at all. No, it's fine. I mean, she wants to find home, but she wants to have an adventure along the way. And if she gets to experience cool, spooky forests and find more creatures that were made, all the better. So I guess uh, a question for you, and I guess Grove will come up too, but so what is her motivation for going on this journey to defeat a very powerful vampire? Well, she was following Grove, because I've taken it to be that Grove knew the person we went to the funeral of more than she did. Yeah, I'm pretty certain, yeah. Yeah, so she was like, wait, you're going on an adventure? Isn't there a forest over there? Yeah, the Slumberwald. I'm totally coming. Let me grab my tiny bag from of all my earthly possessions and my, like, giant I it myself out of vines. Yeah, um, let me grab my bag that's mostly cutlery, and let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, and for anyone listening, is there anything kind of subtle or out of the way that you'd like them to know that isn't automatically obvious about Galeria? Um, The happiness is not a facade. It isn't. 
but there is definitely some darkness kind of hanging around her. Kind that... of uh, melancholy? Yeah, that's not outwardly apparent, but I'm pretty sure you knows it's there, and that Grove might know it's there. Ah, you knows everything. <laughs> you knows He does. Knows. He's a puppy. Oh, mine. Because doll makers have been on the internet for at least over a decade at this point. And I went on the RPG character maker, and I made the happiest little druid on Earth. I will totally post her picture on the forums whenever the first game goes up. Oh, I think we're all posting the uh, special magic card. Oh, okay. Stuff. I still need to make that. Oh, well, yeah, it'll she get made be before. I'll <laughs> hope we get made before we go up. And now I think she's going to be red-green at this point, um, considering I keep doing fire stuff. So, uh, speaking of you, Travis, <laughs> tell me about you, self. Uh... I am no. Um, I'm playing Grove. Grove is a mountain of a man, very tall, very strapping, basic Kessiger of lives in the woods, chops down trees. Um, but uh, he has the personality of a plank of wood, and he the reason for that himself. is when we were rolling, I rolled a three, so he has <laughs> awful <laughs> charisma. He can still have a personality. He can just be a bad one. Oh yeah, he does. He's just, uh, and that's one of the things I was going to discuss what later. What was kind the of... three? What was the? It wasn't a three. It's a four. But what was the four originally in? Because I know you swapped it over to one of the other ones with the free swap. I think it was in dexterity. Oh no, I don't think that was it. Because he had okay dexterity. I think it was, it was intelligence. intelligence. Yes, was he was going to be the dumbest man, and you decided instead to make the least charming man. That's what it was. So yeah, Grove is a is a professional hunter. Um. Grew up in Kessig, um, comes from a pretty well-off family, um, and then due to reasons decided to leave that life and is now just kind of spent the last 20, 30 years, he doesn't really crack his age, um, just kind of wandering around the Uvenwald and the surrounding areas of Kessig to hunt monsters and people and act as an investigator. Right, so what made you want to go a ranger? I wanted to play with the dog. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't originally a dog, even, was it? Well, the, the, so I love the werewolves of Innistrad more than anything. I will have complete arguments. No, over they're fucking the awesome. The nature like, I love of Innistrad and all that stuff. So I was trying to decide between a berserker or a ranger. And I also like being a utility character in most of the games I play. So I was thinking a spirit berserker or a beast spirit berserker. Um, and then just kind of decided that it would be better just to have an animal companion and the ranger as a way to kind of be that little watch over everybody, but still have the ability to kind of interact and be a little trinket toolbox kind of thing. So what ended up making you settle on the wolf other than you just loving dogs? Uh, I, I really like dogs, but also I realized that after kind of like, it, it would help with the character story as to why he's kind of going away from his home and is passing through Stencia. Also, it just kind of melds with a lot of the other characters' skill sets. Being able to knock somebody down makes a lot of our jobs yeah. easier. <laughs> we saw how good that was. It was so, actually destructive. <laughs> so that I decided a, a dog, uh, a wolf specifically, would be really useful. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what about his backstory? What made you want to make this sort of... Well, he already is a ranger, but what made you want to go the particular direction with him and be a folk hero and everything? Um, I so I usually have a care uh, a song that I listen to and uh, when I 
make a character. I'm still trying to find him, but specifically what I wanted to do is get a character that was kind of against my type, as I'm usually the very loud, boisterous, um, make shit up, roll dice, and see how it happens, a la the jokes that I should have been playing a warlock or sorcerer. A wild mage. As you intend to do next if you die. <laughs> a wild mage sorcerer or a blast lock. Um, so I wanted to do somebody that was a little bit quieter and kind of um, a little bit more introspective, but trying to open up. Um, so that's why I started with that background. And then uh, it's kind of a struggle. And it was also like the reason I wanted to work with the low charisma score, which is why he stutters when he's talking with certain people and like why he's kind of just grunting and there's a lot of non-verbal stuff i need to make uh pay attention to to make verbal on recordings so it's kind of a challenge myself and so what about doing like the folk hero though and interacting with castig how what made you go that direction um so the big thing about that one i thought it would be hilarious because the the thing about grove that i think will come out eventually is he doesn't talk because he has a really bad phobia of authority grow up in a very strict uh household kind of don't talk do what you're told um but he likes hunting he kind of did that against his father's wishes and in the end it kind of as everything in innistrad caused a tragedy trad just <laughs> a travesty. travesty or a tragedy I can't speak words. Hey, Travis T. Um, so he's a folk hero in that he is very good about hunting. He's a very good hunter. He's very good at his job. He's very good about crafting, but he's really bad about galvanizing people or like talking to authority. So the, the idea that this folk hunter who's just awful at talking to people was funny and kind of the fact he's a folk hero is because he can just do it on his own and he got lucky <laughs> with a very specific circumstance yeah um so what about your dog what uh what made you decide some things about it um it's I not wanted, just a wolf right it, yes uh i decided it would be a half cathar hound half wolf um as another way of kind of representing kind of the whole nature of the uvenwald like because Grove is a little bit of a uh, half in the half in the woods, half in the culture, and the same with Illyria. The dog's kind of half in uh, high society, half in the the woods. It was uh, I don't know how much will come up with it, but it was basically a uh, someone was doing a uh, one of the crazy nobles went to Kessig and started blaming wolf attacks and cow packs on uh, some homespun monsters where he was crossbreeding wolves and shit from the forest with dogs and doing his job grove took took care of that and decided to have some pity on one of the puppers and took it and with that him. really didn't help out with the friends of authority though uh, well that goes into why he was uh why he's actually leaving the uvenwald he's he he does not want to be in there it's too many bad memories and he at, at this point kind of wants to get away from family and memories so the idea and the authority that he works with said go visit um the um what's the one in Stencia? the somber walls yeah basically told him go to the somber wall that is your new assignment from now on just get the hell out of here and he just kind of stumbled into the so party. Is that so is that the main motivation for him being over in this direction yeah, he was. He's supposed to be going to the Somberwald to to do the the. Uh, I I don't believe if we've per, uh, made um, confirmation, but he's a he's a quiver of those. No, those don't exist yet. Okay, yeah. So he he is one of what will eventually become the quivers that kind of just keep the 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 force safe. He's supposed yeah. to be going to an outpost to get checked in, but he's MIA. 
um because he saw this woman that uh he he saw the monk and he's actually worked with the monk before as he's kind of had a tangential tie to everybody who's been monster hunting in the campaign um just through his job so he decided to go pay respects for her, to her because he's very large about paying respects to people after they're dead yeah defend a free area yep man i put too much effort into a character that didn't see any use <laughs> She was dead at the start, but like I put a weird amount of effort into it. Um, anyway, so is there anywhere you're really seeing him going at the moment or would like to see him go or something to happen to him? Um, I would like to see him open up and try and be better at talking with people. Um, and it's, again, a struggle for me because I am very easy to just kind of start talking, but um, playing the reserve character, trying to find a family or even just a loose connection. He's always felt like an outsider because of his history, which might come up, might not. And so being able to open up to people without stammering, without having to do very like, I'll do this for you if you do this for me, just being able to treat each other as equals would be try it would be an interesting thing to try and get to happen with him. And is there any sort of just kind of subtle out of the way thing that you'd like people listening to this to know? that might not be apparent so one of the things that will become apparent probably more is of course he has a problem with authority he can't really look uh he, he stammers a lot when he's in somebody that he's not in use around or if somebody of high positions over him uh one of the things that i can't really get across due that we're doing that this on the internet not over the table is he never actually looks anybody in the eye he kind of scans them up and down looks beside them it looks like he's kind of always on the lookout when it's more that he doesn't feel comfortable staring at anybody in the face does he ever just longer. do the thing where he like continues working on something else while talking to people all the time yes okay all right so uh that's all the characters in general um is there any like characters from people's backstories that like to just mention offhand or interesting facts if no that's not a big deal Mm, Grove has a sister. I'm not going to confirm that Conrad isn't an Eldrazi. <laughs> no one can confirm that. It just happens. It's like well, being chosen can't confirm by there are tentacles all over the shop. <laughs> Lots of beasts in the shop tonight. Beasts all over the shop. <laughs> What's that smell? It's enough, to, it's enough to get a man hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Grove has a dead family except for a sister who might show up, might not, who might also be in charge of a major logging company that runs through. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, that will be fun if that ever happens. Oh, yeah. I was originally, Faustus was originally going to be a necro alchemist, one of the uh, Scabrin. The problem is, yeah, Scabrin, but the problem is necro alchemists just like kind of stay in their houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the mechanics weren't didn't really suit well. And oh, then, yeah. Uh, but following up those mechanics is really the fact that to be one of them, they kind of don't go anywhere because they need to work on the science for days. Yeah. Months, hours. Hours are shorter. I don't know why I said hours. This is why you're Gissa instead of Gisald. Or Gisald. What is his name? Geralt. Geralt and Gisa, yeah. Yeah. I want to meet them. In this they game. exist in the world, but you kind of don't want to meet them, actually. They're, they're over at Nick's side of the country. <laughs> Uh, actually, that's where Giralf is a bit closer to that, but actually, overall, they're really high up in Gavany. <laughs> okay, meeting Giralf's not that big a deal. Meeting Gisa is the problem. I don't know, man. Giralf's always surrounded by scams. <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a necro-alchemist. He ain't gonna do anything. Alright, if you so. <laughs> I, I won't send... I think we've made a new enemy, because the GM's a dick. <laughs> Oh, come on, it's not like you'd ever encounter Giralf and have an easy time. 
Um, so I guess as one last thought, um, just anyone who wants to voice on this, which I know makes answers a bit less easy to respond to because of the kind of standby. Uh, but what are people thinking about the state of the party at current? We got a ways to go. <laughs> Our rogue can't hit anything. The wizard's not doing that much. The ranger keeps avoiding the fights. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you lumped like it wasn't just self-deprecation. It was also some Nick deprecation. I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's in your heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's also true about like. Uh, Grove didn't actually do anything last fight, so... <laughs> Thank God, so, as usual, we have James around to do things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the druid nearly died and became an Enrice novel. <laughs> uh, it was a good first session. <laughs> Doru is a fun character. <laughs> That's the vampire's name. No one learned it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Are we supposed to ask him? I mean, you could. That's one of the options. There's information about that. <laughs> That's what the bard would have done. It's like, boy, what's your name so I can sing Taylor's view? He should have thought of that before he was what, a vampire. Would the bard be Asian? What the fuck was that, Trap? Do you know I can't do accents? I can't but read. What accent I can't was that spell supposed and to I be? I can't talk. I got brain problems. What? Please just tell me what accent that was supposed to be, and I'll oh. I'll let this drop. I don't know. <laughs> that it was a shrug. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so as I guess one final question about that is. Do any of your characters trust any of the other characters? If so, why? And do you think it would be po- if not, it would it be possible for them? Yes, Grove. Uh, does anyone trust Nick? Faustus kind of trusts him. Conrad trusts all the party, mostly because he knows he can kill them if he needs to. But <laughs> the Batman style of trust. Yeah, that does, does not trust. Mm. It's as close as everyone's getting. I wasn't expecting Grimhild too, but. Honestly, Faustus is at a level where he's not really capable of distrust. He's just kind of focused on his goals and can't really contemplate the idea of personal, uh, like, being betrayed or anything. No, that's fair. I think Grove trusts Illyria, but knows she's a little uh, happy-go-lucky for what he's seen. So he takes everything she does with a grain of salt. And... You don't get old in an Estrada without being capable, so he will respect Conrad. And then Grimhild, he's he's worked with before, so there's a working respect there, but not a personal respect. <laughs> and then Nick seems to be an idiot that likes to take drugs. <laughs> Your character has had 15 seconds to form that fucking opinion. <laughs> you and that's all he needed. A poisoned biscuit. Your character gave him that impression in 15 seconds. What do you want? <laughs> I think my favorite thing was you ate it while the guy was casting detect magic. And then the guy detected magic on it and also ate it. Oh, yeah. And then Faustus <laughs> is just like this weird dude. Faustus. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Nick and Faustus rub, rub Grove like that guy he killed that was fucking around breeding yeah. monsters. Does, do they like, does he even process how their thoughts work? They're city folk. <laughs> So like it, it will it, 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 he does not trust them. Maybe later. They're weird, just as I'm yeah. sure he is fucking bizarre to everybody that isn't from the forest. Ah, uh, Grimhild thinks he's fine. That's I mean, not about vote of confidence, Grimhild. That's no, no, better no, than he's... most people. Yeah, no, like compared to everyone else in the party, that's huge. He kind of she does 
kind of have faith in Conrad's abilities, but she also hates the fact that he, in general. That's kind of surprising. I figured she'd be all about Conrad. No, because he's religious and she hates Avison. Yeah, uh, we, you know, and this, this might be like a, a topic for future discussion, or maybe it shouldn't be because it's one of those things. But um, part of the sort of difficulties and intricacies of this setting is that the religion plays such a huge part in it. Oh yeah, it's omnipresent. Like yeah. there are cl- that are there are classes that are basically against your reli- Like none of us could play a warlock. Basically, we'd have to be like an evil scares dead cultist. And if we're here, then why why are we here and, and not summoning you know I'm free our, to- our demon I- of the week? Uh, I kind of want to play a warlock though, and I think I have a way in. I will say I also am like willing worse. to not just do pure Innistrad because pure Innistrad kind of pres- about- tries to simplify it a bit to make those lines very clear, so cards can be designed within them and the plot can be read over How top. Much power. Would you get from sacrificing a vampire lord to your master? Or it's in Innistrad, you're forced into the cult. It depends. You never had the church. Like, um, there's a lot of ways to bend it. But also, like, the other thing is that in the context the Innistrad sets of people who are coming in and seeing from the side from these major interactions, it doesn't really show off a lot of clear things that would be subtle there, especially that there's an entire, you know, rest of a world to explore than just this one continent. So uh, I have plenty of ideas for ways people could do things like warlocks. It's just not clearly stated in Innistrad lore. And that's where it kind of fits into my realm as a GM to interpret. I mean, honestly, you could be a non-scare stag cultist. You could basically be like, what's his fuck? The guy who became a planeswalker because he was just an asshole hard enough. Tibble. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doing torture experiments with devils, and they were just kind of happy to help him. And then he fused exactly. with them. That's like so- an infernal warlock right there without even the fusing part. So the real question... No, so the question I, is, how do you get him to work with other people? I was going to ask an inflammatory question, which I've asked before. I will avoid it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, any, any final thoughts on uh, character interactions, your characters in general, or really reasonings behind anything? Thoughts about yourself or questions for other people? Uh, I can't wait to see Grimhilda go, like, crazy. It's going to be good. <laughs> She's I can't already wait for there. That's the secret. She's always crazy. Yeah. Everyone is going crazy at some point. <laughs> Why'd you start wearing those bandages over her eyes? I don't need them where we're going. In the, uh, in the Innistrad tra- uh, conversion for D&D 5e, they, w- they presumed you were setting it at Times of Shadows over Innistrad, and spoilers for people, I guess, but you know, it's a set. It's not normally books, so it's not a big deal. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, eldritch bullshit that starts happening then, and one of them is a horrible, otherworldly mutating force. And they say, like, and they had basically rules for, like, oh, yeah, you can have people start to go crazy following the rules, and then here's, like, how mutated they'll get based on how crazy they are. Can we just play that one in 40k and use their corruption rules? <laughs> <laughs> just play Dark Heresy? Dark Heresy no on Minister. <laughs> To, to be um, fair, Dark Heresy would do Innistrad fairly well. That's yeah. true. Though. Yeah, for Shadows, that would be a good area to do it. But um, anyway, I chose not to do that, even though we'd see some interesting effects from that. Uh, but for now, if that's all that we had in mind, uh, I hope this was enlightening to anyone who wanted to put the time through to listen to it. Um, I mean, it certainly was for me, ignoring anyone else. Oh, right, my pog. It's a oh, yes. Viking archer. You did it. And your dog, you, you are a wolf token from Innistrad.
Flavor everyone, Slam Dunk. Everyone loves my dog's name. <laughs> you know it. I'm glad you clarify, I guess. <laughs> Next on the huge fan. Laria probably never calls the dog you. She probably says puppy and then he comes over. I think the only one who calls it you is Grove. Yep. Well yeah, because that's fucking confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but with all that in mind, uh yeah, this is just some extra content to have on the side, and I hope you enjoyed what you could glean out of the internet. But for now, uh, from all of us playing this game, good night. Good night. Good night.